All right, y'all, welcome to FM Mission, the podcast for people on a mission in arts, entrepreneurship, and activism. I'm your host, Mike Martin. One of the things I get to do on the podcast is sit with a really amazing people that I've met on my journey and pick their brain. I kind of learned this from Tim Ferriss, some of these guys that really I so enjoyed getting a chance to pick the brains of like a Norman Schwarzkopf, Jamie Foxx, LeBron James, um, you know, just get to, you know, hear these guys talk for an hour or two and so I've been organizing groups of people who do amazing things that I know in the real world and just giving uh, the people, the listeners, a chance to really kind of hear what 10, 20 years of experience and results, successes and failures bring here. So I'm so with a very special guest tonight, Ian Sanchez. And I say he's a very special guest, y'all, because he has been a personal mentor to me. Ian's a very humble guy, and so this intro is going to embarrass him. But uh, he has been a personal mentor to me. I, I've known Ian. Uh, we were talking about as we were setting up for this for 15 years, just wow. about a mile from where we're setting. Ian was selling me one of the 11 failures I was buying on a contract before we got to today. Uh, but Ian was a really cool guy, and a young entrepreneur doing things, and he took the time to take myself and a lot of other people around the area in and kind of be, be a mentor, like I said. And it was it's really hard to find those, and that's one of the reasons I kind of so it, what you're getting to sit in on today is an hour of me sitting with my mentor, picking his brain, and uh, hopefully this stuff will work for you. And I was telling you when I was going over his resume here with him, I, I need to be able to kind of give the, the elevator pitch of why you're qualified to, to answer these questions. And this is just to me personally, so if anybody's listening, I care about these answers, and so take from them what you will. Um, in... Uh, Amongst many, Ian is an environmental educator, and he was a representative uh, for the state of South Carolina through the EPA grants that were, were going out here over been a lot of uh, grants in the last decade, really trying to address some uh, obvious environmental concerns that have really come into the mainstream in the last decade. 20 years ago, we started all this, right? This was not mainstream. It was kind of fringe to think that people would talk about oil and really addressing the climate issue. So this is a lot of the work Ian does. Like I said, one of the things he did is he was an administrator and facilitator for helping get the best projects in the state together so they could be vetted for funding for the for the EPA. That's fair, right? Yeah, well, that's for that particular project. Yeah, that project, yeah. Around. yeah. And then uh, Ian also has a really cool project. It's on, you said it's still on ETV, where you kayak from Greenville, South Carolina, to Charleston, South Carolina, on the river system, never taking roads, right? I mean, you... Yeah, no, we, we, we've... We kayaked the whole thing and then uh, filmed it, but it was all kind of take people on a journey. It was all an education program, but it, it was great. Yeah, it's still shown on the ETV. So again, this is just one of the things. Ian is a naturalist and an amazing kayaker, obviously, and uh, that's someone. He's a founding member of Grow Purpose, and I, I've been involved in and aware of Grow Purpose for a long time. But give me the real quick. You told me, but you're much better at. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, growth purpose was again just trying to get reduce redundancy and increase impact by through collaborations. Just getting more people to work together on projects instead of working in little silos. But that's to solve community issues, you know, that would have a, a benefit, either environmental, social, or uh, other economic benefit. Um, a lot of people just working in their own. Well, if they were pool real resources, we are kind of a conduit for that. Oh, yeah. So that is Grow Purpose. You can find that at growpurpose.com? Yeah. 
You're also a very successful entrepreneur of your own, a naturalist and environmental educator. You're currently been working with the state of South Carolina, College of Charleston, some projects you and I both have been involved yeah. in. Plus, you're also involved in a few others, the building design teams. The Yeah, I'm, I've worked with a bunch of different people, and I find I'm really better at supporting people and bringing them together and connecting dots, uh, learning more and more. That that's, that's actually... A useful skill is to take a big picture approach and just to kind of bring people together, you know. Um, there's some folks that's, you know, the old saying about seeing the forest. Some people see the trees and some people see a bigger forest. I tend to, to, to take the wider view and see how that forest all kind of works together. And people think that this is a natural thing. You and I both experience this kind of frustration when you're really trying to do good and everybody in the whole thing is. But collaboration is not an easy thing to do. This is not just unique to these situations, but it's interesting to see too. It's it's sometimes really hard to get people that are in it to do good to see that um, to understand that you know there aren't you're not in competition with people. That working together is actually a good idea. Some people that are out doing good see themselves as competing with other people doing good, and when the fact of the matter is that if they were to work together, they would have much better impact and everybody would achieve more. Not every one person can be good at every single thing. What do you think the main thing that holds that back is? I mean, I think it really has to do with ego. And a lot of times, sometimes we get so wrapped up in our project and that is us and then they don't want anybody to touch it. And even if it's a project coming from an altruistic person... Yeah. Uh, they tend to be very protective of their project. Um, I mean, I think we all be guilty of it, right? I mean, yeah. I know, um, working in these circles, I, I find these frustrations too, and that is part of it, I think, for all of us. But like you said, it, it, if you are looking for an altruistic approach and you really want to see a better tomorrow, part of what you're saying with this collaboration is that's, that's one of our choke points. It's, it certainly is. I mean, I think in general, over and over, people are wired in a different way and sometimes wired for competition in general. And it's yeah. hard to get somebody who's wired for competition to see collaboration as, as uh, something. <laughs> you and I have been talking about this um, the last couple of times we've talked over the phone setting this up that there are things as we get older we just accept in humanity now. That's true. And yeah. this wire for competition <laughs> is one of them, right? Right. You're not going to change. So, sometimes things are so deeply ingrained <laughs> that you could be banging your head against the wall. You might as well go with <clears throat> things that you, you, know, you have the best chance of being successful at. Let, let, let's go on that point right there. So, so that was the introduction to Ian. That, that is just, a, it really is a small, modest um, resume of what you've done. And so I appreciate so much you, you doing the show and talking this. And just like, you talk about people doing what they're good at. T talk about what you're talking about. There. If somebody's out there listening and they've really wanted to do something forever, they feel like they're really good at something, right? That's kind of, we talk, this is one of the passions that gets you started. What, what, what do you mean by that? Do what you're good at. Well, I mean, not necessarily. I, I think that if there's, if, somebody has a passion for something really um that has a desire to do something i think in general fulfilling living a fulfilling life you most people f want to feel like they're contributing something and a lot of times yeah. uh, you know 
and sometimes it becomes egocentric. They want to show off uh, for the world. But there's a lot of folks who just want to feel like they're actually having some kind of a positive impact in some kind of way. And they don't really know how to go about doing it. But if they're really, you know, the idea is you don't have to be an expert at that. I don't, that's one thing I want to get to. You say, yeah. you don't have to start out the bat, because none of us start off yeah. as, at, at the bat as expert at what it is. And we're going to get to the, some fun yeah, stories. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the idea is that if you care about something, you know, then, then there's not, no reason... Why not to tr- to go for it, you know, and and to do it in whatever capacity you can, because no matter what, you're going to learn, um, and and it's worth, and it makes life worthwhile, really. When people talk a lot of times about stuff, even if they can't quite articulate it, just the fear of all the unknowns, the what ifs, if I fail, right? We talk about this forever, and if and you talk about just getting so, and you don't have to be an expert, you know. What would you say right there, right? What is the, if you're just there and you really have had something, you almost don't even want to tell anybody, but you do have a mission in your heart, right? You've right. got, where, where do you start? Where did you start, right? I mean, any of that right there. You know, in general, I was always just curious. I mean, and I always wanted to, and in general, just like I think a lot of people, um, I wanted to do something that made a difference, you know? Something that right. would be, um, that would I'm just trying to turn this off. Something that would be, that would say, "Hey, you know, I've done something. I've, I was here." Um, and so, in general, this personally drove you. Yeah, no, I was I was driven by different things at different times, and you know, there's actually more science. There's actually a book that just came out called Range that I just read, and the idea is that you know, some people come out like Tiger Woods. You know, they. They're just going to work on their thing. They know it early and they just keep on doing it. Right. But there is a benefit. A lot of people that are successful in their field have actually tried a lot of different things. And what they do is they bring all those different experiences to the table. And it helps them see things from different angles. Yeah. And that's really a lot of what happened. That really is my story a lot. Is yeah. that I've tried a lot of different things. And I've gone for it, you know. That's one thing I could say is that it's not been a, afraid to try something. And that's what I would encourage anybody listening to. Is that, look, don't be afraid to try something. People are afraid to look silly in front of their peers, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, it, and there's a lot of more worse things to be, to be worried look, about. You ever look silly that's in front not of your a real peers? danger. And in fact, the more silly you look, the better. You know, the fact that you try something makes sense. It's, even though they may laugh in their... To a degree, right in their heart, they one reason people laugh is because it's easier than admitting that they didn't try. Absolutely, right? and it really is. And if, if you know, I've had, I've got, a, we're going to tell more. You know, I've got a story in it. Laughs, right? I mean, just my story is one of get up one more time. Yeah, you know, I can't wait. So that's a great way, and I agree with you. Do not be afraid of you know. And I, I love the Eleanor Roosevelt quote. You're going to be criticized either way, right? Yeah, you really. Oh, yeah, are. that's right. <laughs> that's Might that. as well. Yeah, no, yeah. If you're going to get criticized. You might as well, yeah. If you don't do anything or if you do something, might as well do something because either way, you're going to get it. So we're assuming if you're listening, especially, you know, 15 minutes in here, that you do have something you're doing or want to do. And so one of the reasons I asked Ian to be on the show, he said he's done so much and you do have all those experiences bring the table you talked about is. So if people are in there and they really do that, you know, it's I believe 2021 is kind of a great reset, much like maybe the Great Depression. I don't know if you... I mean, Ian and I talk a lot about big economic theory, small economic. I mean, I don't know if you have any, not necessarily 2020, right? We're in a time leading into what is a predictable cycle if you look at the economic cycles of history. 
Absolutely right. And, and that's one of the things I've really dug into is history. And we talked about, you know, Mark Twain talked about history echoing. It's not so much it repeats, but it seems <laughs> to echo all the time. And you can follow those lines uh, of repeated things, as we can say. And reset is a good, is a good way. I do think that uh, 2020 gave a chance for a lot of people to self-reflect yeah. um, and to think about what are they doing, you know, because they didn't have an option. They had to. Yeah, they, they, right. This necessity breeds yeah. genius. And you're right. People from friends I talk to, who a lot of them maybe were crippled by fear at one point. Like you said, they didn't have a choice, so they faced their fears. This is Ian. No, it's okay. This is Ian's amazing wife coming into. This is Ian's back room, and she is letting us do this late night. So, how are you, Lucy? Doing good. Yeah. Good we, you. you really aren't hurting the show. I love it. This is how the show goes. Enjoy it. Thank you so much. Um, in, in 2020, you know, because they were forced to face these things, they realized that, you know, man, what was I afraid of in a lot of ways? You know, like, I didn't die. You know, I didn't. Matter of fact, I found a way to hang onto the house, you know, and I, I wondered how I would do that, but I did. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, and people in different ways, every kind of every kind of struggle that you run into and even some of the bigger ones if i look at the times of the the biggest growth is 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 the times of the biggest struggle or overcoming the biggest struggles you know yeah. and i think that that's what people should really look forward to there is the the whole saying that you know the if you're having issues that means you're trying to do something yeah. <laughs> you know i've come to appreciate that yeah, as you know, you know, I, I've matured a lot, and I look back at all the mistakes I made, and that's one thing I've really come to just appreciate is that if you want to get in the grind and make change, you better be comfortable with some issues because this is what your life is going to be. Right, <laughs> you cannot avoid it. I bet what I'm doing in Muncie now, I got a really cool uh, couple of projects going. Swore the first time I was down there, docks. We'll get into that another time, but I'm not getting involved in all that politics stuff. The next day, I found myself right in the middle of a bunch of local drama. And, and recently, again, we just you find competing kind of visions start to you know have a little bit of friction, and this is okay. But when I'm there and it's got some political stuff, and I'm going, Oh, I remember this, yeah. I, I've been here before, right? Right, <laughs> so, anyways, it's a to your point there, I think that that's one of the things that uh. I think that maybe the idea of managing your expectations is something I keep hearing lately. That well, you can manage your expectations, but I don't. I don't really don't. I think that if you, I, I still want to encourage people to go for whatever it is that they're going for. Life is 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 worth living, right? So if there's something that's kind of burning inside of you that you want to try, then you should really, really go out and and. And do it for even if it's just for the experience. Yeah. And so from from all the things that uh, that we've we've seen, you know, and and I've seen people go do, you know, we've gone one way and gone gone the other way. The idea that you know every every experience is a learning experience. And if you're working on number one, you're always working on yourself. Yeah, and uh, you try to surround yourself with the right people. You try to make sure that you're not around the wrong people, and try to think about the path that you're going on, right? And if you have an idea of where you want to be or where you want to go, in general, things kind of fall in your in your path, 
and yeah. and and yeah, again, do. putting it, making uh, words have meaning. What you tell yourself is really important. Your mind really, what's inside your head is it creates your reality. So whatever you feed yourself, so you have to understand. You have to listen to the best teacher of where you're at is what's coming out of your mouth, you know, and and what you're talking about. Um, so those kinds of things, just setting that, setting yourself up for some kind of of, of success. And look, the, the idea that there's somewhere down the road, as you will know, yeah. and you know, that there's, oh man, when I get here, this is when we're going to make it, you know, when I get there, it's going to make it. But the fact of the matter is, it's the, it's the act of going there and blow, we're not going back to that same cliche all the time. The journey, it is. I mean, life is just life. There's no work-life balance. It's all life. You know, right. and and putting it all together too, making making your life work all in one is important. So, and anybody, the, the the beauty about about life is that anybody can reach for something. Everybody can. You may not think that you're going to be, you know, an NFL star because you're not. You, but at some point, you can have a positive impact in the world. And if you if you are going to go about doing that, the first steps to do is to find out who else is doing it and then try to figure out, you know, who you can align with. Um, that's one of the things that I, I, when we started Grow Purpose about, right, is that people have these great ideas and then they start a company and then they go off and they do off, and but they realize that they've already created something that's already been duplicated four or five times. Yeah, it really is. So one of the, the the main things to do when you're starting off is to kind of do some research and find out who's else out there. I mean, feed your brain all the time. That's one of the, the, the key things. If you can just feed your brain and at the same time surround yourself with good mentors, no matter what, you're going to end up somewhere. There's an idea. I remember doing an exercise where you blow up a balloon, you know, mm-hmm. and you aim it somewhere and you let it go. It may not aim end up in the place that you aimed it but it ends up somewhere and that's yeah. the key is to keep on keep that balloon full of energy you had said something uh, in the beginning of that about being curious and that's what you're talking about it's just the passion that you talk about these things with right that that curiosity for life like you said right life is worth living and, and if, if somebody's having what i when i find it you, know, you and i have, have often shared right this you know zest for life and we, we just for whatever reason passion for our, the projects we love, but if somebody's having trouble finding that, you where do you think? Um, you, where do you start with that? You know what I mean. You you just you, you're you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, right? You know that. I mean, I think without a doubt, and it's an ongoing thing. You're looking inside yourself. I think in in it, I just had this conversation with uh, with a young man that, that I was I was mentoring. You know. The things that he's, that you tell yourself, you have to actually physically tell yourself. It's um, true. Things. I mean, I, I, you, know, <laughs> you, can tell you, you and I have listened to all of them, right? Read yeah. all of it. And, yeah. and I love the cheesier, really, the self-help. Almost yeah. the better. But when you I, really have to. You really have to focus your mind because when you say something, uh, your brain, whether you believe it's like the universe, some, some kind of appears it. If you just get down to the facts, the fact of the man is now you're thinking about it. Because if you're not, you're thinking about something else. You're thinking about, hey, how cool am I looking right now? Or what is this? Yeah. Some other kind of distracted thing that's not, or, you know, hey, I don't, this, 
But if if you actually constantly take time to to talk about and and really tell yourself where you want to be and what you want to do, your mind is thinking about those things. Even if you don't believe in the whole universe bringing it to you, no matter what, now you are at least thinking about what's your next steps to get there. Right. I mean, if it's just logic and intellect, right? You, right. you have to think and plan. And you, uh, one of my favorite uh, quotes is, or I get more in the Bible is, "Wisdom is the ability to understand time and judgment." Right. And you're right. I mean, so if you're starting to work on this plan, one of the thing, one of the hard realities that I came into was I was trying to do for probably ten years of my life a ten year project in two years. Right. Because I had to get there yesterday. Right. I thought. Right. Just like. We, right. But that did not allow me to circumvent time. Mm-hmm. Right. And no matter how much I wanted, and it did take those thoughts, like, and, and never giving up on those thoughts. That eventually, after ten years, strangely enough, just like it says, I think it. I don't want to put words here, but Ian and I both do believe, whatever you believe, that the universe does have a way of conspiring to make thoughts reality for whatever reason. Yeah, and that, I mean, and, and the farther you go down, that is, is you can see that happening through no matter who's done whatever they've done. It starts off as a thought. Everything starts off as a thought. So I mean, the ideas. For, so for instance, the the documentary we were talking about where I kayaked across the state. Yeah. That was an idea I had a long time ago, and I can't tell you how many times I tried to go. So I had an idea. Of, uh, of teaching about the waterways, but then by doing so, by kayaking down through all the river systems and meeting people on the side and then kind of bringing everybody together on those, um, using water as kind of a flow, um, as yeah. a common theme, and to trace the waterway all the way from the top of the state to the bottom of the state. If you don't know that Greenville, South Carolina, to Charles, you're talking about from, yeah. you know, so the, northwest from the mountains corner. to the sea. Yeah. You know, the way our state's laid out here in South Carolina is that you have the mountains on in the western side, and they all, these, this big river, you know, all these basins, this drainage basin that goes out to the sea on the eastern side. Right. Where we live in Charleston. And all through it is, is rich with culture and history, all connected with the rest of the United States. Um, and then I just did a documentary recently about the connection where of my family uh, is from in, in the island of Barbados and how yeah, that little island Barbados-Carolina connection. This yeah. Is, and a lot of people are probably unfamiliar with this, but this is a major, in a major American story. Oh, absolutely. Right? The, the roots of... of of you can that little tiny island had a huge influence on not only what became you know the Carolinas, which was the whole southeastern uh, part of the or right. the whole south, right? Um, but also the whole impact on the on the whole United States, the and good, bad, and ugly. I mean, it was yeah, all I mean, you can trace a lot of those roots back there. Yeah, but, there there but, is right? the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's yeah. all of that, but that's yeah. life. That is it. Yeah, and, and by, by, by learning that, by, by looking into the past, you see windows into these echoes in the future. So you can see the path. You, there's, there's models of where these roads lead. And right. sometimes they, we don't have to go all the way down. Because no. sometimes they lead into spots that just are no good. Yeah, once you know? you've seen the movie, you don't have to see it again to no. know how it ends, right? And if people took a few minutes to take a look at their own history... They would know that you know we don't have to go down those roads, you know, and we could build a better tomorrow. You know what I mean? We are making history right now. Let's um and and that's 
You know? Well, as we're talking, this is exactly what like, so one of the reasons I wanted you on here is the, the point for tonight was I wanted you to give us three takeaways okay. we could do. Um, but to that, another project, like I said, I, I was, his residence, this um, Barbados to Carolinas project, give us, you know, the, the cliff notes of what that really means. And we got time on the show, right? I mean, okay. But yeah, I mean, give us the cliff notes. So if somebody's out here and, and they want to Google it and read it, because you, you, for one, there's a website for it, right? Yeah, yeah. There's Which is, uh, Rhoda Green, uh, who lived here in South Carolina. She's That's another long story how I met her. But um, she put together something called the uh, Barbados Carolina. She has short gray hair? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I know yeah, you're yeah, talking. Yeah. What's her name again? Rhoda Green. Rhoda, Rhoda Green. Green. And she was a part of this, this other documentary that we have. It's called Beyond Barbados, also done by the, the local PBS station here, uh, South Carolina ETV. SCETV.org, you can see Bar- yeah. Beyond Barbados. But um, the the real quick, <laughs> it's yeah. hard to put it all in, in encapsulated, but really um, one these common themes that happen throughout history we can see is that people get persecuted. People, uh, for whatever reason, they get demonized because they're the different religion or they're different, you know, for whatever reason. And conflicts break out, religious wars break out. That causes a large group of people to flee. They end up as refugees in other parts of the world. They develop those parts of the world, um, and then they persecute the next group of, of groups that come on. But usually, then what we find is that we're driven by this this you know again a, a kind of a capitalist idea that we start to start companies. We start to see like pioneers start to these little projects, and then technology will come along, and all of a sudden they'll scale it but without any regard to the people or the planet as they scale those projects. And as a result, people in the, you know, money is made, but the people in the planet suffer at that time. And that's what happened when um, Britain went through a civil war. People from the Britain, from fleeing the British Civil War, you know, Catholics and Protestants all killing each other. They flee the Civil War, many of them show up in the Caribbean, the Dutch and the Spanish are already taking over most of those islands, so the British end up in the island of Barbados, because that was the one island that hadn't been taken over. Um, they try to make money from what was making money at the time, which was tobacco in Virginia. But then what ends up happening is you have um, another wave of refugees coming from Brazil. These are Dutch Jews. These were um, descendants of Jews that had been formerly driven out of Spain and Portugal <laughs> because they were the wrong, they were persecuted there. They showed up in, in Brazil, they get kicked out by the Portuguese. Um, uh, again, you know, so they end up in Barbados with technology, which was windmill technology that made, sh- that mechanized the sugar production. They also brought African slaves. So the, the, the slave-based uh, Culture, plantation culture gets its seed in Barbados. They quickly outrun that island. And then when the king, King Charles, claims all what we call the southeastern United States as Carolina, um, that ends up becoming their, their next place to go to. After they overrun the island of Barbados, they come here and they make a bunch of money from rice and then indigo. And they make a big fortune. And that helps to fund what became the first... 13 colonies and uh, all 13 colonies got in there but each time you know when like rice production they learned that from the africans and the africans did the work but they figured out new technology a new rice mill and all of a sudden they exploited so when they they grew the sugar plantations in, in barbados there used to be a rainforest there 
but that was in the way of the sugar production. So rainforest is gone. Right. <laughs> and then, and then people, uh, we got people. They just worked African slaves until they died. They just kept on getting new ones. So no regard to people or the planet, but profit was where all it was was all about. And that's the same thing. That same idea is what happened with the rice plantations here. You know, just massive clearing of land and forest to land to make rice plantations. It made a lot of people. It made sorry, made a lot of money for a few people. Yeah. Uh, but uh, a lot of people um, suffered for it. Um, so anyway, the idea too that that uh, we that you and I talked about is let's take a look at those models. Those models don't go well. And later on, of course, then it becomes cotton, and then you know, civil war and, and many other things. Yeah, I mean, again, it did the civil right? Yeah, and then right the cotton, cotton again, war. the cotton gin, you know, cotton was small scale, then all of a sudden the cotton gin makes it huge and it spreads out. But, you know, each time those, those eras end disastrously. And so the idea of creating a better model where we do take into account people and the planet and... Uh, can be developed and we can have a more sustainable model where people can profit and they don't have to ruin people or mm -hmm. and we can take in there's a way to, to create that better model and that's kind of what we, we've been working on one of the, the projects you and i are both involved in uh in different ways and levels is steward uh, williams at the college charleston's impact entrepreneurship program and right people plan and profit is a big part of you know, the whole idea of, you know, how this model could be different, right? Yeah. Where to this point, profits, all that's mattered, even the other stuff, if it made the marketing materials in modern day, that's new, but it didn't even bother to make the marketing materials back then, right? Right, that's I mean, true. Yeah. Uh, and, and what Ian and I are talking about is Ian and I having been, you know, you know, trying to get involved and think about better business models or different things. Uh, there was a time, and, and Stuart talks about this class, when nobody even cared what you talk about. And a great example would be organic, right? If you just want to really put this into context, of, you know, where you can see it in pop culture, now organic is such a market, right? I mean, everybody's trying to be able to put that, you know, on their product so they can reach a certain consumer. And this is, we talk about this where, you know, market-driven realities, right? It's the companies would quit if the money wasn't there. Yeah, it's not that you know Campbell's or Monsanto, any of their you know small companies wanted to start making organic food. They could have done that years ago, right? But when their dollar was impacted, right, they begin to say, "Hey, wait a minute, we'll change." Yeah, for the money. That's a that's a that's a kind of a a thing. If we look at the past and and, and some of the sins of the past. Right. It ends up being, you know, people driving the moral issue down people's throat didn't stop them. But when the money came around, then they kind of, when they realized, okay, well, if I do the right thing, I make more money. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of one of the, the ideas of Grow Purposes point, right? I mean, the impact, pro, all the different, pro, like you said, all the things that are collaborating on this idea of there is a, a better way, right? There is a better way. And there's enough. The, th the idea is that there's, there is enough. The idea that we come from a, a place of abundance, then there is abundance everywhere. Um, that we can, There is. Yeah, so. Ian told me one time, and I do know there's no shortage of money. This may seem hard to you if you're out there, and you, you know, I believe me, it was always right one paycheck behind the next, you know, like right. everybody for, for years trying to put this together. And, but it's true that uh, there is an abundance, and part of the way that, 
kind of the, the current model and the, the models of the past. That we talk about this a lot, the poverty mindset, the scarcity mindset. And that is a whole different, like, thoughts become things than the abundance mindset. Right. You know, and it hasn't been an abundance reality in a lot of ways, too. So it's not like, you know, these, these aren't things that can be fixed by a simple course or simply saying a few different words, right? We're talking about real structures of the word power structures, like you said, which seem to override everything. Right. And, and when we're just talking about the realities of things. So, and I've spent a long time, many years together, talking about we want to, I think much like you, a lot of my job goes, I wanted to make a contribution. Right. Because it just seemed to matter to me. I, I think I was very fortunate that I, and you talk about this in your family, I grew up around people that gave me unconditional love. And from there, that love in my heart gave me a path to see doing this, right? And and that's why, right? You do it like just like you would your family. You wouldn't, to me, it's kind of like the American family, which is hard for some people to think of because, right, that means a different thing to everybody. But I think you and I both are, there's a part of us as much as we're, you know, hippies and everything. There's We have an appreciation for, I don't know what it is, maybe the free peoples? Absolutely. I think in general we've seen uh, there's some kind of there's a thing empathy I guess for for other people and and a, a kind of a feeling of injustice which is hard to us to walk by injustice and it's so prevalent that you can get overwhelmed and you're not going to solve all those things. We were talking earlier too where I've come to to the fact yeah. that there's always been a yin and a yang. It's always has been. Yeah. Uh and to just to to think that we're going to actually wipe out evil in the world might be a lofty idea. I don't see that, but it's worth it's worth spending all of your energy trying to do it, you know, uh, or trying to pull for the good more than that, you know, or encourage good because it needs it, you know, yeah. balance needs it. Well, a um, couple of things. One there you talked about that about. Um, a lofty idea, you know, the idea of a free republic of people who representatives of all sexes and races could contribute was quite a lofty idea. Right. And one that wasn't decided simply by, right, talk and, and logic and debate. Right. Um, the, I mean, it's, it's going to be, it's an always, it's an always a, a struggle and it will always be coming in waves. I, I see it as... There's going to be a push and a pull, pushing one way or pushing the other. That's why the more people that can be pushed into the way of righteousness would be is 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 uh, it makes sense. And I do think that we had kind of a a general feeling for the push for um, people that are are being mistreated in general. We hated seeing people mistreated. I hate seeing people mistreated. People that should have a shot, they should. Everybody should have their shot at at at. Um, you know, life, liberty, and, and, and the pursuit property, of happiness. Pursuit of happiness. Yeah, and property, right? Yes, I mean, yes, all. Yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. It was interesting. That whole story is all wrapped together in my earlier story. You know, John Locke, who came up with the idea, or first went to write it down, uh, at, or best-known philosopher John Locke was the secretary of Anthony Ashley Cooper, which the Ashley and Cooper River right. are both named after here. Yeah. Who, you know, Go ahead. Yeah. So and and you know the idea that people are born with natural rights. You yeah. Know, um, yes. That's, that's so. Yeah. And and, and fr endowed from the Creator, being yeah. self-evident, right? Yeah. Meaning that you know that we do, you don't need permission for these rights. They're right. granted. It's 
That is a lofty idea. That's a lofty idea. And that's really... The idea and ideal, so, right? It's Both. so right. ironic to be founded on a country or, or on, on those ideals and then just see, you know, at the same time that meant only for people of a certain race, you know? Yeah. And that's it's, not it's right. a harsh yeah. reality to read. Yeah, and that's Maybe a, that's a already... sin that we're still fighting against even to this day. And we're going to be fighting against, but, you know, that's why it takes more people to do it. It's not... You can't get overwhelmed by the enormity of the issues. We've got to we've got to address them the best we can. You know, and it's like any you can forgive yourself for not knowing better, but when you know better, do better. Right, right, and, and that's where we're at in this human journey. Is we do know better, right? And one right. one thing that's been established is the right to own people is gone. Right, yeah, you know, to legally do that, God yeah. knows it still happens. Oh yeah, and it's I mean that's a crime against humanity of epic proportion, right? But Again, that idea, that's one, like, again, you know, it does matter what you stand for, what you fight against, what you... I think that's, and, and we, since we're talking to people that are trying to figure out, it's really what do you stand for? I think that's a good question to ask yourself. If you don't have the answer to that right now, what do you stand for is a good place to start. You want to talk about the takeaways. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the first yourself. takeaway. Yeah, Say absolutely. that again, what do you stand for? That's yeah. Something. Yeah, what do you stand for? Who? What is your What is your values? Because really, that's where it all kind of stems from. It all from. comes down to. Yeah. I, I've found in relationships, business, intimate, whatever. Mm-hmm. If you don't have some shared values that you can build upon, yeah, I don't think it's going to work. Absolutely, not long term. Absolutely, yeah. And you can see this. Even enemies can have shared values for a moment. They they say, and from my reading, that the. Templars and do you remember which of the two is the the lesser population of Muslims? There's the Shiite and the Sunnis. Yeah, the Shiite and the Sunnis, and then there's of course there was the well, I mean they're they're persecuting all the uh, um, the minorities in different parts of the world. Yeah. Um, anyway, in I, Myanmar, I think right my, now, my, I my mind my mind goes to the Uyghurs because I I think about the Uyghurs in uh, who are a, a minority. A population in China yeah. that are getting annihilated in China, and we see this. I mean, all throughout history, and then the uh, the <laughs> yes, yeah, so the the folks in in in, in Myanmar that we're all of a sudden blanking on. Um, well, the um, so. we're saying that so that I believe it's the Shiite Muslims that are the minority group. Right, they're much smaller. Depending than, on where you're talking about, right? In but Iran, I mean, they're, overall, they're the majority. They're the majority in 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 some places. They're the minority in in others. So, yeah. yeah, whichever one of them is the the greater minority by far in the overall Islamic world. It, but it's just something I'd read that the Templars and them would join together at times for the civil war against that big majority. This is what I read in the history book, and I don't know whether that's true or not. No, it's, it's probably true. Yeah, it makes a lot. It makes sense in that this would. And me, though. <laughs> I was just thinking, about, like, is it this shared value where these people really are mortal enemies, but they had this one shared value because this one group was persecuted by the other, and the other hated the other. Yeah. Right, and that's without some shared values, even temporary alliances can be made of shared values by enemies. Yep, absolutely. You know. Just again, we're just talking with the strangeness of life. And yeah. So that was one takeaway. What do you stand for? Yeah, I think basically, if you do stand for, if you if you look within yourself and you kind of get up your own personal values, um, it starts off with that. I think in general, if you kind of get technical on it, you kind of come up with your your own mission 
you know, yeah. and I can Back remember, and actually I was thinking about that too, as you were going about sitting on <laughs> that couch with, back when you first came to South Carolina yeah, and sat down and, and you, and sitting around and the creation of FM Mission, yeah. you know, FM at the time Moon. it was just FM, yeah, it was just Folly Moon, FM Folly Moon, became you know, Folly Moon music. and it was all, it was music at first and then the mission kind of came, yeah. came as a I was telling somebody that, that where all the community driven work came from followed that and followed really meeting you and Doc, I'm going to get into yeah. that and some other stuff, Yeah, but it was two really big examples for me that did really shit you talk about you know what does it matter people does it and you see this butterfly effect that trajectory of my life right was right. it's never been the same yeah absolutely it was always a it was always a great it's great to see that journey cuz or, or be a witness to that journey cuz you've seen it, it since the yeah. days when it was well, yeah when it was an idea we, yeah. we watched the idea develop we watched it kind of go its direction and it had to go its course i mean it couldn't be another way i don't think I don't think so either. I know for me, I wouldn't trade it. Like you said, those failures in that, in hindsight, one, the universal trust, you know, whatever you want to call that, did seem to have an intelligence bigger than mine. Right. In hindsight, right, the, the path being led down, each of the, the parts of the journey brought me to today, and it makes much more sense to me. In hindsight, right, that takes years of wisdom. And, right. And, and to not quit along that way, like we've talked about, we'll get into that again as we wrap it up. So, what is your mission? Okay, then I'll get the other two take. But I, I love what Ian said there about, and he's talking about basically Doc Peterson once told me, he said, Mike, you have a strong constitution. And I never appreciated it as much at the time. I appreciate it. In hindsight, I really think it was a compliment that I really liked, right? I, you know, because it, I, I think to your point, right, he, he was saying what, what I'd like to believe is that I'm pretty sure of what I stand for. Right? Yeah. I mean, you may not like that, but I'm pretty set in what I stand for. To your point, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think in, in general, you know, it doesn't have to be as clearly defined when you're talking about a, a mission. It's more of a general kind mm -hmm. of idea mm -hmm. um, that you pursue. But then you refine that with kind of with your, 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 your personal values and your objectives. Those are your guiding. That's basically your constitution that you... You stick with at the same right. time. But in general, if you look within yourself, and a lot of folks, I don't know, are different part, different times in their lives right, right now. So you may not really know that. You may be in the searching part. So if part of your, if, if part of your mission is to find your purpose, find That's a heck of a mission to get on, right? That's, <laughs> get on that's that and go. It. Yeah, then it's worth it. You know, go for it. You know, what, what a great, I, from what you said there, I never thought it was... If you find yourself in a spot where that's where you're at is, I just don't know. I, you know, and people say this, and mm -hmm. often I feel like this isn't calling anybody out, but you, we both know this. You really do know. You may just not be willing to say it. And I just want to encourage you, if it's in there, you don't even have to say it to anybody else. But don't be afraid to acknowledge it. You know, if I could just pick my future, this is what I would pick. Right? Yeah, And absolutely. be able to say that. And, uh, so that was really cool. He said, that's a great place to start. If you don't, make it a mission to find out what drives you. Yeah, because absolutely. that's where, to me, that's where my, you talk about music, right? So the idea of being able to give back, like I was, came from finding my purpose and realizing as so many people I knew and loved basically didn't have any real hope of that ever being a reality in their life. Mm -hmm. Even, you know, and these are people with good lives, right? Make good money. But in all of our conversation that there was a part of them that they let die in that way. And so that became my mission to empower people and inspire people to say, hey, 
you have no idea what's in you. Yeah, absolutely. And you I think know? everybody does have something inside them. Yeah. So if you're thinking that, oh, I don't have anything to offer, that's not true. It's just that you haven't, you haven't really gone into it yet. You know, everybody does have something to offer. Yeah, music is what did that for me. I think I'm supposed to do this, but because music was the one thing in my life, I couldn't fake my way through. Right, I couldn't sell my pitch. I couldn't use my charm. Right, and, and you know, Ian knew me through the whole musical journey too. Yeah. Right, when I couldn't hardly get booked back in place, you know, long before we were cool. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, for years. Right. I mean, years. It was a struggle. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> I, I love the fact that you bring that up too because I mean, it's, really, it's true though, I, when we, before we even started this podcast I just thought about how consistent music has been in my life when I was playing sax back in the day you can imagine how my parents must have felt that I was going to pursue that you know and everybody else was going out to college that I decided I was going to you know I was going to play the saxophone and if I look back at the thing that brought the most joy in my life the thing that was most consistent the thing that actually fed me and everything yeah. else music was a consistent thing yeah. i did a lot of stuff i pursued money at, at, at uh you know things that would bring money you know yeah. like uh, i pursued a realist you know uh, investing and in, in things like that but i always came back to music and i up to this day i still that's the consistent thing i've always yeah. played music i still play music to this day uh, and and the idea of the zen experience that really if Unless you've experienced it, it's 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 hard to describe. But the uh, the Zen of of just yeah. getting into it and get letting go and, and playing music and you know it, what I think that Zen is? Yeah, it's because human beings in that moment are participating in creation, and it, we never we don't really think about it that way. But I, I've spent years like you, right? Music drives me in a way that. So what we're doing, particularly in a group collaborative effort, right? There's no way to really do that. You could build a company or a church or a family. We've you know done these things in life or an organization, right? But when you're on stage with other human beings, especially more than two, two's cool too, right? But when there's more than two and you actually have a trinity or a, you know the five or the six, creating, right? You know it's you you really are like in a godlike creation. It said in the beginning it was the word. Right, the word was God, and what's a word but a vibration, a song? Right, is songs are words put together in tones, and and you're actually dancing there in creation with God. This is what I've come to believe. <laughs> I can see that. I'm, I can say that uh, connecting with an audience, there's so much connections going on, and so much vibration. That's um, a great. You're point. connecting with when things are clicking, and you're connecting with your fellow musicians. And you're connecting and you're seeing the audience respond and it's a feedback loop. They're feeding off of your energy. You're feeding off of theirs. You're feeding off the energy uh, of the people around you. You know what just occurred to me as you're saying that? That's what we have been trying to create all these years in a non-musical atmosphere. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That give and take loop, the connection, that energy, right? right. The, the client being served wants to be served. Absolutely. And they are also investing in this process, right? Which is like you said, the fan. Who doesn't, right? They come and they pay the ticket. The bar, right, has the stage or the big amphitheater. And we've been trying to create a way that people can make, make music not war. All of a sudden, yeah. it, it, I, you know what I just... It's a feedback loop, you know? It's yeah. definitely a feedback a feedback thing and, and vibration... You know, the idea of harmony. Yeah. You know Which raises I mean? our vibration, sounds... right? Yeah. I mean, right. By doing that, we're talking about bringing joy. Yeah. Right? And just as you said, I'm sitting there listening and watching you say it and going, 
this is what we've been trying to do. We've been trying right. to put a band together right. of, of misfit change makers. Yeah, right? that's true. And then if you can, you know, sometimes it doesn't sound that good, but once it starts to sound, it starts to, it all, it all starts to feel good. We're talking about my, and I, I can laugh about it so much now, and Ian can appreciate it, because again, he was there when really, I mean, I couldn't almost get booked back, right? I'd get lucky with one or two people that kept me going at a time where I wouldn't even have kept going, because I would have quit. I mean, it was brutal. I mean, yeah. Brutal. You were always on the, uh, the edge, but somehow found to get over that edge and got to the next one and got the next one and got the next one. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great way to yeah, say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But getting to your point, that 10 years, uh-huh. right, now it's been 18. Right. right. But without that, we wouldn't have refined that. Right. right? It really was the alchemy of the, the time, too. That's what brought together even a guy who had never sang a note in his life, 20-some years old. Right? It actually right. defies a lot of conventional wisdom to think that I could ever make a living at it. Yeah, absolutely. As you know, I mean, there's a time, you know, Ian even said to me once, and he meant this as a, a fellow artist, like, you know, your songwriting might be your thing, right? Because the idea of me really performing, right, for a living would have been a hard thing to fathom in hindsight, looking back on it, right? And it wasn't because of that. I really think that the songwriting <laughs> was a thing even better. I mean, even more than that. Because I think that there's... There's tons of people that have written music in the past and that we we play over and over again, but they they did it. But n- people don't remember the performers so much as they do remember the creators. You know, yeah. um, I think there's a there's a longevity and the idea of creating for the sake of creating because it's part of you. I think the songwriting is the, the most you. And again, yeah. I think if there's a theme of what we've been talking about. It's really finding who you are and being the most you is a is a is success in itself yeah, you know and to, to Ian's point we're just kind of using again my music career because if you're listening to the podcast at this point i assume you, you know a little bit of what i do and you're right and, and in those beginning years it was really hard to show the world me because it was so unpolished right but i wanted to be me i mean because he didn't know i good. knew where i was going right but the world could not hear it could they no yeah no, you know no. and, and then, I mean, again, That's again, 15, 18 years ago, I'm okay, you know. And I think right now you've been the most you. I think in, in general, everything else, and it's coming through your music, having a way to express that. Again, that's what we, what we do. I mean, is it's expressing uh, ourselves. That's where the art part of us comes in. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's just expressing that and feeding it out there. And, you know, it get, yeah, it's dangerous. It's just like what we were talking about before. You putting yourself out there somebody may not like it yeah you know you put the best you out there and somebody may not like it and you know what there's a good chance that somebody probably won't yeah you know there's not a maybe somebody will yeah. not like it <laughs> but at the same time there's nothing better to feel when the feedback loop is that they love it you know the group of people that do love it speaking of music on this is uh we're just talking about that, and just some, you know, obviously Bob Dylan's one of the most claimed songwriters of all times, undeniable his success and impact on modern music, let alone the rest of it. But there are people that hate Bob Dylan's music. Oh, you absolutely. know, as a musician, right? They absolutely. just can't even stand yeah. him. And that's just it, is there, you're going to find criticism. And that's, yeah. that took me years to get okay with that. And, and that's one of the things in this mastery sessions I've done over the last year or so is, he really convinced me to understand that if you have a few haters, it means that you're beginning to make an impact. You might look at this as more of a positive drive than thinking it has to be negative. And you know, it was just, 
I thought, you know, maybe that's what it is. That's right. Yeah. I, I think I think the comedian who who came up with uh, who um, came up with that set that uh, if you don't have any haters, you're not participating. So your job is to go out and get some haters. Yes, it haters, is. and then those that don't hate, go ahead and hate on me. I love that. Yeah. Uh, um, with that, and it's, I think this is a great way to, to kind of wrap. Because after our talk here, which I've loved, I try to keep the, the podcast right at an hour each time, is the one takeaway you need to find from this conversation. You know, I have many more on here and different. I want to talk about Barbados, Carolina sometime and really let you tell these stories. But the one takeaway for 2020, well, we talked about it being a reset. You know, it's talking about long term cycles you can look at economically, socially. There is an opportunity, much like in any time in history, the Great Depression is what I was you know, saying earlier, that this year things are going to, there's an opportunity to look at everything and evaluate and start fresh. Nothing's quite the same. And the world doesn't expect it the same. Right. You know, that's when I say this great reset. And so I guess that would be, again, from what I took from you and I just hearing you has inspired me again to go home and double down on what is it that I stand for. Absolutely. You know? I think if if we were to go into that in general, if you if 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 you were sitting and this is this is again someone else already came up with these ideas, but again, if you were sitting at your own funeral, what would you want people be saying? What would you hear? And that's one of my favorite saying? exercises. Yeah, you know, I mean, on this as an exercise, let's do what Ian said. Sit out, and I did this um, because of, I, this exercise came in the eight uh, seven habits highly effective people. Yeah, there you go. Right? Is that where you Stephen Covey? Yeah, there, absolutely. Right? Ian, I mean, Ian actually invited me to a book club the first night that I met him. Because we started talking about, and he's getting ready. I never met him before. He was selling me a house on contract, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> At least with the option to purchase. It was the first time I'd ever heard the term. Yeah, and that house became the such a cool spot of creativity. It's the FM yeah, house, the yeah, original. That's that's where uh, that's where all these concepts kind of got kicked around. It really is, isn't it? Wild, dude. When I yeah. started even thinking about it, and it, when we talk about this joy, this is a true joy because we have watched each other's journeys in a lot of ways. Ian's daughter's you know, 15, 16 years old now. Right? She 17. Was a, 17. Yeah. Well, you're right. Yeah. I told you 2020 got away from it, right? A whole yeah, year. Yeah, right, right, right. Forget a whole year. But Ian had a newborn when I met him. Yeah. Right? You know, again, this was about almost 18 years ago. He was, uh, and I'm sure he doesn't mind, you know, he was living in an apartment off of uh, Folly Road, right? Just right. really making his coming up in, in the entrepreneur world. You know, a young man, right? In his 30s. Right. And really. And Ian taught me so much. I'll tell you a couple uh, things Ian taught me. One is when we had the book club, Ian always brought a library book where everybody else brought a copy from the store. And we all got to read the same exact things. And I never forgot this. You may not. Yeah. But And Ian, when we'd always meet at Starbucks then, Ian didn't go buy the $5 coffee. He always said... And I just, again, as a mentor, like I've told you these things, maybe you never... Is, I watch these things, right? I start to realize, like... Well, you know, Ian is preparing for his future, right? You know? Yeah, I, I, you know, and I still would buy a library. I would still use that only because I don't like to accumulate things in general. Uh, things yeah. just, um, 
things that sit and don't get used. So I love the idea of these uh, blessing boxes where, you know, yeah. you get to use something, you put it there for somebody else to use. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't want to have a closet full of stuff or a garage full of stuff that's not being used. So where, where in your ego, a guy as driven as you are and uh, as humble as you are, you're, but obviously I would say a type A personality, if you will, just a, you know, you're, you're a doer. Yeah, somewhat. Yeah, yeah. yeah right? I, mean, I don't you, mind, I don't mind helping, supporting somebody getting the spotlight. I don't yeah. have to have the spotlight all the time. Yeah, and to me, type like A doesn't necessarily mean that, right? Yeah, right, no. They no, like to do no, things, right? They like to do things. Yeah. They're good at a support role if it, you know, I'm a believer in lead follower and get the heck out of the way. Absolutely. You know, and, and I tell many people this as I'm making you know, friends or in business, I say, if you're if you know where you're going and you can demonstrate that for me, I'll follow. Yeah, you know, and I do know that of you too, right? You're yeah. not obsessed with being my idea and the leader. Nope, not not nope. In general, I don't think it's a it's a useful exercise to impress a bunch of people that really don't know and don't care. Don't care, don't care at all. <laughs> the one that, the relationship, and this is one thing I, I'll leave with. Um, it's something I tell my daughter. There's an old saying that you know you're three people. You're the person that um, that other people think you are. Yep. You're the person you think you are. You're the person that other people think you are. And you're the person that you really are. Yeah. And the most important relationship on there, I believe, is the first one. The one that you think you are. Because it affects the other two. Yeah. Um, so the most important relationship you have the most control over. The relationship you have with yourself. Yeah. And that one will not only affect how other people see you if you if you don't have a good relationship with yourself you're going to project that um, yeah. um and that's one thing that you can work on and if you do you can project that as well and that also creates who you actually are in the world too yeah so. and who you attract with that right yeah, just absolutely. like what you're saying i mean you're absolutely. right is you attract to yourself who you are absolutely you know well, y'all, this is my friend Ian Sanchez. Again, it's been a wonderful conversation. We're going to have many more at the end. Like I said, you can see it's an amazing guy to pick his brain. If you want to, and like I said, it's do it. If you could leave people with one thing that say, okay, you you kind of understand, right? Get serious and find your thing. What would you do tomorrow if you found yourself with nothing, right? You're all of a sudden you woke up tomorrow and you're you're back to the street. All the years you, what would you do to get back or get started again? What would you do tomorrow? I mean, I like the idea of being stuck with scratch because we, we've done that before. And again, I would say, I would just like the, probably the common theme of this conversation is I'd look inside and I'd say, okay, um, what is it at this stage of my life that I want to accomplish? And what am, where, where am I? What is my best skill, my best impact to do that. So if I start off with nothing, um, right. I would right away um, think in terms, start thinking in terms of what do I want to create? Uh, you got to first take care of your basic needs. So mm -hmm. in, in, in if you were talking about nothing, you had to find out a place that you had food and shelter. But then on a regular basis... I'd be working on my mental health and I would start looking, seeking out people that uh, were in the direction that I wanted to go. Um, for me, if you were talking about me personally, I'm if in my idea now is to influence people to live better uh, yeah. and to think of a different way. 
to overcome, to be, to be healthy, to be happy, and to pursue um, ha- a positive impact in the world. There's so many different ways to go on that. But for me, I look at um, ways that people can not only support themselves, but they can also help other people. So keeping those the balance of all those That'd be your guidepost. You look that forward. That would be it, yeah. So, yeah, it's a kind of a... I'd, I'd say that sounds like more of a sketch than an, a detailed thing, but it's going to be different for each person. So Yeah, and too, there, and that's part of it. Each person is different. I, I just... Um, you know, I've thought that same thing myself. If I find myself with nothing tomorrow, and one of the in our book club, and so we'll leave this story many years ago. I'll let you um, kind of comment on this. In this book club, when I, when I, I was only like twenty seven, most of the guys were probably late thirties, forties, fifties, very successful real estate investors and business startup guys. Ian uh, kind of danced amongst so many worlds, a lot like I have over the years. But you got to watch those artists, right? They'll they'll yeah. merge with all yeah. <laughs> um and. There was there was a book that we were reading, and it was uh, it was um, one of the chicken soup for the soul guys. Yeah, it might have been either. Okay, yeah. He, and he had, so he had just made it, mm-hmm. and an avalanche came. Right, and he bought like his big mountain pad. Right, whatever. Took out his. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but that's Robert Allen. So Robert Allen. Robert Allen. But he was yeah he was in cahoots with uh, with uh, with Mark Victor Hansen. But, yeah. yeah, so Robert Allen, which yes. I love. We love Robert Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've hung out with Robert Allen, right? Yeah, Robert Allen and Mark Victor Hansen. Yeah. 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 So these, and so Robert Allen's house, and he doesn't have interest, right? He's got like hundreds of thousands of dollars house right. mm-hmm. gone. Right. Everything he'd worked for. Right. That yeah. story, I never forget. And what would you do? And I think about this like up home with tomorrow. What if tomorrow I woke up, right, and the market had burnt to the ground? And some reason the insurance, you know, said, screw you. We, we found out that, right? So yeah. somebody down the road started it and that Nolan voids the... The thing, you know, the, the, the story about that Robert Allen yeah. story is that he was in a rush to get home with his wife. And his wife and him, they, they were getting annoyed because people were cutting him off and there was some kind of delay. And when he arrived at his house, it had just got crushed. And if they wouldn't have been delayed, they would have been in that house. And died. And died, yeah. So, yeah, he ended up losing... <laughs> I forgot. Losing his nose, but, yeah, but, not, but his life was there and was able to rebuild again. I think many people have gone, like, you know, kind of think that many of the most successful people we know have had one to one time lost everything and had to start again. Almost all of them, right? Yeah, yeah. I know I have. Yeah, when, yeah. When I got back to Charleston seven years ago, right, I told you... You that always, was it. Right? There's, was, there's a good saying. Was, there, there's always an opportunity to start again more intelligently. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, y'all, thank you so much. You're listening to FMMission.com's podcast, FM Mission, for people on a mission in arts, entrepreneurship, and activism. Hopefully you walk away today knowing that that's a big part of it, right? Get, get your mindset focused on yourself and think about what really is important to you because that's what will motivate you to do the, the hard work. Absolutely. The why is the most important thing. Yeah. Figure out the why, and then the rest will follow. And and the short sentence to end it off, what's your why? I mean, life in general. I mean, it's all, it's, I have a burning desire to make an impact. Even if it's not recognized, I have a burning desire to make an impact, to make sure that every, every moment that being on the planet, I had some kind of an influence. And that's just me. 
That's a mission worth pursuing, brother. Y'all, thank you very much for hanging out with me. FMMission.com. Hit me up if you got something you'd like to talk about on the show. I appreciate it. I'm your host, Mike Martin. I'll see you in the next episode where I'll have Doreen Sullivan, the founder of My Bud Vase, which has been you know, showcased in Forbes, uh, Newsweek, um, and a Folly Beach lady right here. Do you know Doreen? You need to meet Doreen sometime. Amazingly, she's good friends with Mario. Oh, good. We have so much we need to talk about on the show. Okay. Stay tuned, y'all. It's been an hour and 11 minutes, so we appreciate you giving us an hour of your time. It really means a lot to you and I. We hope we make an impact. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> That's it.